We're going to be in uh, Mark chapter 4, both uh, for second reading and also for a message. So if you want to pull out your uh, your your Bibles and uh, turn to Mark 4, our second reading, our first reading was for the beginning of the chapter, chapter 4, and our our second reading is the end. And so let's uh, pick it up in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Since that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I love this story. Don't you love this story? I love this story. And, and it gives a picture of, of the disciples and they're in, in the boat and, and the thing is, is going down. And they're like freaking out and Jesus is on a cushion sleeping, right? And they're afraid and they wake him up and they say, don't you care? Don't you care about us? Don't you realize we're drowning? And Jesus gets up and he, he says, why are you afraid? And he rebukes the wind and then it dies down. And what is the disciples' response when he does this? What's their response? Great fear, right? They were terrified. I find that so funny. That he says, why are you afraid? He calms the storm, and then they're freaked out. What do they say? Who is this? Who is this guy? Who can, who can uh, command the wind to, to stop? All throughout Mark, the, the book of Mark, they ask this question through the first half, is who is this? Who is this man? And we know it's not a man, right? And he can come, he can come to see. He is Jesus, right? Messiah, Son of God, maker of the heavens and the earth. By him, the world came into being. It says that in him, all things are held together, right? In, in him, we live and move and have our being. This is who he is. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Right? That's what we believe. That's what we confessed just a few minutes ago. Have you ever had those moments where God winks at you? Where where he just displays who he is and you're like, whoa, he is here. I had a friend of mine recently going through some tough times and was wondering, uh, God, are you there? Are you going to take care of me? Are you going to provide all that we need? And, and they were driving down the road and they were, they were listening uh, to, to the radio and, and it, in that moment they were praying and they said, God, are you, would you just show me that you're going you're gonna to care for us? You're going to care for me? And in that moment the radio came on and someone said, hey, I just got handed a, a, a gift card for a honey-baked ham. Tenth caller, call in. And it's yours. And in that moment, my friend realized, that's my hand. That is my hand. 
And it wasn't one of those moments like you think, maybe I'll get this. It was like, that's mine. So they picked it up and they called in and it was busy. Well, maybe, maybe I was just, and then it was just, no, that's my ham. And they picked it up and they called again. Sure enough, hey, you're the 10th caller. You got a ham. How crazy is that? Right? And it wasn't one of those moments where maybe it's the Lord just winks at you. Right? And says, listen, you were praying. I got you. And it's those moments where God displays his power that uh, he just, he just it reminds us of who he is. Right? Who is he? He is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who provides. He reminds us. It's, it's those moments when he displays his power that we are reminded, yes, you are bigger than I am. You are powerful. I can trust you. And you hear those stories, and you hear the stories in, in, this, in the being tossed in the, in the sea, and don't you say, man, do that for me. Do that for me, Lord, right? Don't you say, will you come my Will you calm my seas? Will you take care of them? Will you just by a word make the sea calm for me? Right? And yet, if you look at Mark chapter 4, and if we were to walk out of this church and think that the message that Jesus preached in Mark chapter 4 was, man, we just need to cry out to the Lord and he'll make everything fine, we would miss actually the message he preached. Now, we are reminded of his power by this story. But the message he preached was something much different. It is the application of God's word over a lifetime. It is the application of this truth over a lifetime that bears the most fruit. As opposed to those moments where he moves, it is walking faithfully by his word that has the greatest impact. We're going to walk through the rest of Mark 4 relatively quickly. And we're going to see that message pounded over and over. So before we jump in there, we pray with me as we just prepare our hearts to, to hear this message. Lord, we, we thank you this morning for the privilege it is to, to be with you, for the privilege it is uh, to know you, that you created all things. And, and we stand here and, and to know, God, you hear our voice. Every person who sits in this pew, every person in this church, you know them, you know them intimately. And, you, and, and God, you care. Thank you for that knowledge this morning. God, you know our, our, the things we worry about. You know our joys. And God, you have a message for us today. God, would you give us ears to hear what you have for us? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to go back to the beginning of Mark, Mark 4, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was large and he got into a boat and sat in and on the lake and while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said and then he goes on and what you what I want to give you is an overview here you see this that there's an overview of Mark here and what you see in this chapter you have he says he, be, he was teaching them many things in parables so that's where it begins and at the end later in the chapter it ends with, with many parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it and so that, that sandwiches this section. So you know this whole section goes together. So he's teaching them in parables. And, the, and, and what you see here is there's a main parable, which is what we read before, which is was the parable of the sower. And then there's an illustration, which he talks about a lamp. And then an exhortation, which is like the measure in which you use something. And then two supporting parables. And then again, is the, the sense of he taught them with many 
parables. And so th this is the force of his teaching. You also see in this, he says a couple times, let those who listen or hear. Those who have ears, let them hear. And he taught them in parables. Now, parables are interesting. They're stories, right? They're stories. And Jesus, after he shares the parable of the sower, he tells his disciples what it means. Because they come to him and say, what, what are you talking about? Right? Why are you teaching? And, and he says, well, I'm gonna, let me give you the key. I'm going to tell you what it says. But then he quotes Isaiah 6 and says, for those who are skeptical, I, I teach in parables. So that... They may be ever seeing and never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And he quotes Isaiah 6. And the reason he's quoting that is at this time as Jesus is preparing, as Jesus is teaching, there are skeptics in the, in the uh, there are people who doubt. They're the Pharisees. And in Isaiah at the same time, at the time that Isaiah said it, there were skeptics wondering if Jesus, or wondering if the prophet was saying what was true. And so He's teaching in parables so that those who are skeptical might not be overly responsible if they deny, or they might hear the story and they might learn, even though they're skeptical. I have a friend of mine who says this. He says, when Satan lies to us, he usually wraps that lie in an iota of truth. That's why we take it in so easy. But we live in a world that is suspicious of blatant truth claims. The reason the world still listens to stories is because they make no claim on the truth. They are just stories of fiction. Fiction, loosely speaking, is a lie. But a great story wraps the truth in, the, in that lie, the opposite of what Satan does. We take the story in because it's just harmless fiction, but then once we take it in, we have to contend with the truth. Great stories are, wrap, are truth wrapped in a lie or fiction. That may be a little overboard. But the reason that we hear stories now, and we take and we have to contend with it. If you're a skeptic and you hear the story, you have to wrestle with the truth that's there. That's why Jesus tells parables, is, is, is that it, it can get in a little bit more. And we live in an age more and more, which if you make a truth claim, uh, it's not seen, it's seen as, as bad, right? If you say this is true, you're seen as, seen as bad. And so more and more story and, and, that, and that kind of thing come, is important. So Jesus teaches them with parables. Parables go deeper. They draw the skeptic in and have to contend with the truth. So let's go back to the parable of the sower. We read it. We're not going to read it again. But I want to tell it. Um, Jesus told the parable of the sower in an agrarian society, right? They mostly, they grew things and they raised crops. You know, we, we're kind of, we work like a post-agrarian society in America, right? We used to be many farmers and things like that, but now things have changed. We're more industrial, stuff like that. So I retold the story because I mostly deal with college students, okay? So I retold the parable. So give me a little leeway. This is not scriptural truth, but I, we're going to tell a little different. You ready? All right, here we go. So um, there was a financial advisor named Will. And this financial advisor came up with a plan. He came up with a system whereby if you followed it, you could pay for your college and be debt free. And then you could actually save and give generously in your life. So he went out to, to take his program to, to, the, to the college students. And the first place Will went is he stopped by on Friday night, all the bars, and the fraternity parties. And he tried to convince them as they were waiting in line to adopt his program. 
How do you think that went? Not too well. People didn't even listen to them. And so he thought to himself, now maybe this isn't a good idea. So the second place he went, he went to those students who were working in restaurants, trying to make a living while they went to school. And he, he began to tell them about this plan he had to them. And they began to see this. And so they, they, they took it in a little bit. And they're like, oh, this is, this is great. I can start working this plan. But then they saw the students around them and, and their money. And they began to feel the pain of the sacrifice they were making. So they started a little bit. And they began to put it. But then they were like, man, but everybody else is having fun. So they, they kind of got rid of doing the plan, and they, they went along the way. So Will's like, this, this is not working. So, so then Will went to the Honors College. These people should listen. He went to the Honors College, and he gave a great presentation, and they accepted it wholeheartedly. They were like, this is awesome. I'm going to apply this plan. And so they began to, plan, to, to work the plan to, to, to save and, and to put things away. But then they realized as they got out, but all these other people, man, they, they got fancy cars. And they had big houses. And so they, they, got, they decided, man, I'm going to total, I think it's time for me to just, you know, get a bigger house. And, and mortgage themselves to the hilt and charge credit cards so that they could have more prestige and they could have more influence because they would look better. And then Will's like, oh, okay, this is not work. But finally, he just put posters up all over campus and said, if anyone's interested, come. And I'll show you how to, how to, how to make a plan. And so he came, and those who came, and he sat, and he shared the plan, and many people worked it for years. And they multiplied their money 30, 60, and 100-fold. That is the point. And the point of the, the message here is the application, the seed in the sower, and the plan in my story is about the word of God, right? And that's what he told his disciples. It is about the word of God being used. Right? And it produces 30, 60, and 100 fold over time. This is not something that happens quickly. It's about people embracing it and walking with it and putting into practice over time, over and over again. The point is the Word of God is a, has a powerful multiplying effect when you put it into practice. And the difference is the kind of soil that is in your life, right? Everyone hears the Word of God. But how they walk with it is what brings about the fruit. It is the application of God's word in our life over time that has the greatest impact. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to go quickly through the rest of this, uh, these things because he, he pounds us home. Here's the illustration. He said to them, do you bring a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. What's the point of this passage? What's the, what's the point of this illustration? What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? A lamp is what? What is a lamp? It's light. Does it make any sense to put it under a bed? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. No, it makes no sense. The word of God is meant to be a light. It's meant to be used. It's not meant to just hear and put it somewhere else. It's meant to be used. Right? Amen. All right, here's the exhortation after that. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use it, 
will, the me will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. What's the point of this exhortation? What's the point? Use it or lose it, right? That's what it's saying. If you have it and you use it, more will be measured to you. If you have the word of God and you use it, you will grow and you will understand more. But if you just hear it and never put it into practice, if you never use it, even what you have will be taken from you. Listen, I went to college and got a chemical engineering degree. My life's work is not like that right now. I'm up here talking the word of God. Let me just tell you, I spent two years studying calculus. And my kids took calculus. And they would ask me for help. I have no idea how to do calculus. Because <laughs> I haven't used it for years. I got all the knowledge, but I haven't put it into practice. It has become useful to, useless to me. In the same way the word of God is meant to be put into practice. And that's what it's talking about here. Here's this next supporting parable. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man, a man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or get up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. This is a weird one. Right? This is weird. What's the point? The point is this, is the grain grows whether you understand how it grows or not. Right? When you spread the seed, it's going to grow. And sometimes we're like, how does this work, Lord? If I put this, I mean, why? Why does this work? What, if I do this, why, why is this going to make a difference? You don't really, I mean, you need to ask questions. But you don't really have to know how it all works together. It just, the word of God grows when we put it into practice. That's the point of this. It's going to bear fruit over time. Another supporting parable. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants which such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in it in its shade. All right, here's, and we've heard this one, right? Mustard seed. What is this saying? It starts really small, right? You don't have to know a ton of the word of God to begin, right? You don't have to know a ton. But as you apply faith, as you, you walk in it, over time, it grows. And that's the point that Jesus is making through this whole chapter is the word of God applied over time bears much fruit. And it's us, it is our job to step into that as followers of Christ to take these words, not just hear them, but apply them over time. It starts small. You don't have to be, you don't have to know immense knowledge. You just need to say, Lord, I want to, I'm just going to, I'm going to apply what I learned. I'm going to apply God's word. And that is the message. The application of God's word in our life over time bears the most fruit. It has the most impact. Yes, God will move in power at times in our life to show who he is. But the message of Jesus is to walk in his truth over time. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? When I was in college, I had to work a job. Okay? 
And, and they handed me a weed whacker, and for eight hours a day, I wandered around the city weed whacking. Okay, that was my job. And it, I mean, it made me go, man, I need to get a college education, okay, over time, right? But I mean, it, I, mean I got a lot of time right, to think, but there was one field I was weed whacking in this field, and I was walking back and forth, and I was supposed to mow the whole thing down. And it's, so it's mining, back and forth. But in a minute, I came across and I zipped right through a hornet's nest about this big. And I can tell, man, I had cat-like reflexes. I have never moved so fast in my life. It was like I saw it and I moved. Reflex, bam, I'm out of there. Let me just tell you, that kind of reaction does not work in marriage. Right? That kind of reaction does not work in life. My initial reaction was, I am out of there. Most of life, that doesn't work, right? And so many times our initial reaction, what we think is best, is not the best result. It is learning God's word, walking in it over time, that allows us to live the life Jesus called us to. All right, I'm going to use Bo Schembechler, quote from Psalm from Ann Arbor. They asked Bo Schembechler in, in the 80s, do you, hey, you got a good, he, he was the coach of Michigan, sorry, if you don't know. <laughs> Michigan football coach. He said, uh, they said, coach, you're going to have a good, good uh, you have a good team this year? He said, well, I'll tell you what, you come back in 30 years, and, and we see what kind of, kind of husbands we have, and what kind of uh, fathers we have, what kind of leaders we have, then I'll tell you whether we have a good coach or not, or a good team or not. See, he understood this. It's over time. The application of wisdom over time bears the most fruit. And that is what Jesus has called us to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again. I thank you for these folks here. Lord, we love you. Uh, we want to apply your truth. And God, we tell you we know that we're opposed in that. We know Satan opposes us. We know the world opposes us in the application. So we thank you for your grace that provides uh, the power to do so. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.